What's up, everyone? This is Buck Green, and welcome to MCS Podcast number 274. Combatives. It sounds cool because it is cool, but really, the reason we focus on combatives is because it's extremely effective. And that's one of the reasons that whenever you see a movie or a television show where the character needs instant military street cred, what does he fight with? He fights with military combatives. We've seen it in movies like John Wick and Taken, and uh, those movie versions are taken from reality, and that is that combatives is the most effective system that you can learn. Before we get into that, don't forget that you don't have to worry about taking notes for this episode of the podcast. Just head on over to MCS Magazine number, uh, mcsmagazine.com slash 274. That's mcsmagazine.com slash 274. There you'll find the handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet with all the notes from today's show. Now that I've got that out of the way, let's talk combatives. Firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. All right, this is a subject near and dear to my heart. I love military combatives. Uh, Combatives are, to me, the answer to the question, what should I be doing for self-defense? Now, there is one caveat where combatives are concerned. There's, there's nothing fancy about them. You're not doing any fancy tricks. There's no using the enemy's power against them. It's all aggression. It's simple. It's matter of fact. And if you, like me, are a relatively large man, or even if you're not, it's a great way to defend yourself. Certain techniques in combatives work better for smaller people versus larger people, and we'll get to that. But the thing about combatives is it was designed for war during an era when everything was politically incorrect. Nobody cared about political correctness. The only goal was defeating the enemy and defeating him by any means possible. The people who divine combatives to be simple and effective and fast, not just to use and to end fights quickly, but also to learn, were men like W.E. Fairbairn, people who were really all about killing the enemy. They didn't care about anything else, and they weren't interested in hearing you whine about whether or not it was cruel. The first thing they told you was, don't fight a guy unarmed. Pick up a weapon and kill him with that. But, of course, you can't always have a weapon. You can't always improvise a weapon. For those times when you're, you just have you, then that's where military combatives comes into play. You'll notice in these techniques there is no kicking. It's not that they didn't do kicking techniques. They kept them short and low. Uh, but mostly they understood that you want to stay stable. You want to stay on your feet. You definitely want to, don't want to go to the ground if you can help it. So the go-to fight stoppers for military combatives were a series of relatively simple techniques that not only protected the human body, but also allowed you to make short work of the enemy. They targeted basically the head and neck. Uh, uh, the military combatants people were not at all interested in your torso, especially on the battlefield that was going to be covered in all kinds of gear and be relatively inaccessible. But even something like a winter coat really takes the sting out of a gut punch, uh, depending on the type of clothing you're wearing. So really, you're going to want to focus these techniques on the head and neck area. I've not even bothered to highlight that in the show notes because it is what these techniques are for. You don't do... Well, I was going to say you don't do technique X against anywhere but the head, but that would be getting ahead of ourselves. We'll get to that. 
Um, World War II combatives really helped gain in popularity thanks to people like the late, great Carl Sestari, who uh, was part of our instructor network before he passed away. I really loved Carl's materials. Uh, Damian Ross, who is also in our instructor network, his self-defense company sort of picked up and carried the torch uh, where World War II combatives are concerned. They're some of the fastest things to learn, and they're some of the fastest ways to end a fight. And the idea here is, especially in wartime, but as civilians too, you don't have years to become proficient in self-defense. You don't have years to earn a black belt. You've got to learn to defend yourself now. So what's the first of the... It's basically three techniques we're going to cover, although we're going to split one of them into two. So we're going to cover four techniques. The first one is the bread and butter of World War II combatives. That's the edge of hand blow. Uh, it's the Austin Powers judo chop. That's, I'm pretty sure that's where they got it from. Uh, you know, when Austin Powers takes the edge of his hand like Hong Kong Fui, and I'm really dating my, myself with that reference. Hong Kong Fui was a, was a cartoon where the voice of the lead character was Scatman Crothers, uh, who's long dead. And if you remember Hong Kong Fui, you, like me, are not a young man. But anyway, uh, you take the edge of your hand, either with your thumb flagged, you know, that means the thumb sticking out from your hand, or with your thumb folded along your palm, more like a, a karate chop. And you use that bottom edge of your hand to strike uh, as if you're trying to hack your enemy down like a tree. You chop over and over and over again as furiously as possible. Uh, the most effective target is the neck. You can also strike to the head, but really, uh, you take that edge of hand blow and you plant it in the side of somebody's neck. If you do it hard enough, you can even cause them to pass out. I got struck there accidentally by a, a training partner once. He thought I was going to block him and I thought he was going to stop. So he pretty much at the last second pulled his blow when he realized what was happening, but he still walloped me pretty good on the side of the neck. There's a great big artery there, you may recall, and getting hit there... Um, all of a sudden, I felt woozy and dizzy, and then suddenly I had a splitting headache. Uh, and if he'd hit me any harder, I do not doubt that I would have uh, passed out. I, I fell over from, from the strike because uh, I was suddenly very, very dizzy. So the edge of hand blow done as hard as you possibly can, as many times as you possibly can, to the guy's neck is an extremely effective technique. And where I've seen it used most often is in the movie Taken with Liam Neeson, the original one. Uh, because he was uh, supposed to be a military badass character, they had him doing military combatives. A lot of these Hollywood military guys, like in John Wick, I think they do Krav Maga. It doesn't tell you a lot to tell you that somebody does Krav Maga because that's kind of an, uh, an umbrella term for a number of different systems. Uh, but basically, it's military combatives. It's simple, effective, direct techniques. Uh, and then, of course, John Wick does a bunch of jujitsu and other stuff that they mix in with the gun fu, as they called it. But in Taken, I don't think Liam Neeson leaves anybody with an unbroken clavicle for miles around Paris. He is hitting people with edge of hand blows to the clavicle left and right in that movie. It's pretty amazing. Uh, and I remember seeing that and thinking, oh, yeah, World War II combatives. So mastering the edge of hand blow and the best way to practice it is on a torso dummy like a body opponent bag, a bob. You see those everywhere. Every martial arts studio in the country seems to have one. You can also do it on a heavy bag, but it's better to have that neck target to strike to. And you just, it's the simplest thing in the world. You, you strike with the edge of your hand over and over and over again like you're trying to chop his head right off his body. Um, the more aggression you put behind it, the better. That is a fight stopper, let me tell you. Uh, the second fight stopper that I want to talk about 
is uh, it's another one of the techniques that really is focused on protecting your body. It's called the, the hammer fist. Now, you, to make the hammer fist, you just make a fist, but instead of striking with the, with the knuckles of your hand, instead of striking with that surface, you're striking with the bottom of your hand. Picture trying to drive a nail with your fist, just pounding downward like a gorilla. That is the hammer fist blow. Uh, the strike takes advantage of gravity and the fact that it's very hard to hurt your hand when you strike with the fleshy bottom part of your hand. Uh, imagine hitting a wall, a brick wall, with your fist using your knuckles. You're going to break your hand. You can, however, pound on a brick wall with the bottom of your fist pretty darn hard before you incur injury. You might mess up your pinky a little. One of the things you'll notice is if you beat a heavy bag or a body opponent bag hard enough with some of these techniques, you'll get bruising in between your fingers where, because your fingers are actually crashing together. That's normal. Um, so you take your, your, your hammer fist shot with the bottom of your hand uh, and you just pound and pound and pound. It, it's really hard to defend against this, especially if the guy using it is a larger man. Imagine taking a flurry of hammer fist blows from one or both fists. Uh, you know, not many people can bear up under that. Uh, smaller guys, however, this is probably not the technique for you because it is so overt. It's, it's just an overhand, overpowering technique. It's very hard if you're a smaller person to overbear somebody like that, but don't worry. Coming up, we have a technique for you smaller people out there, and we have a variation on that technique that is great for even the smallest and weakest people uh, who might still need to defend themselves. Uh, all of that is coming up next, but first, stay tuned for this special message. Imagine staring up at a six foot nine, 350 pound biker dude, rage in his eyes ready to cram a beer bottle down your throat as payback for bumping into him. Would you know exactly what to do without cowering in fear, without begging for mercy, without getting stomped to the floor and beaten while your family watches in horror? You will now with this simple three-step plan. One, don't take your family to biker bars. That's really kind of stupid, isn't it? Two, harden your mind with bulletproof warrior confidence. And three, master your own secret bag of shockingly powerful fight tricks. Waiting for you and your free DVD, you can claim now at DefeatLargerAttackers.com. In a real fight, you don't have the option of losing. Not when your life or the safety of your family hiding behind you is on the line. You need to know exactly what to do in those first few seconds of an attack and end it quickly and walk away with your life, your loved ones, and your pride intact. In this free DVD, you'll discover the street fighting secrets for how to knock a bigger, stronger man head first into the pavement with brutal, unstoppable power and speed regardless of your size, strength, or even if you've never been in a fight before in your life. Claim your free DVD now while this offer is still available at www.defeatlargerattackers.com and unleash your true potential to kick ass. And now, back to the show. All right, we're back. I promised you a combatives fight stopper that would help you if you were a smaller guy. We talked about the edge of hand blow, which works for just about anybody as long as you can target the opponent's neck. We talked about the hammer fist, which is really more appropriate to a larger person because you're overbearing them. You're pounding them down into the dirt. Now, I want to talk to you about a technique that is great 
for smaller people. It's called the chin jab, and this is another one of those bread and butter techniques in World War II style combatives, in military combatives. The the name is a little misleading. It's not a jab. Uh, People think the word jab, they think of leading with their, their offhand and then making a power strike with their strong hand. A chin jab, though, is really more of a strike up under the chin using the heel of the palm. What you're doing is you're stomping forward. Uh, a lot of the, the combatives people taught uh, use of the drop step where you stomp into your techniques to sort of drive your body weight into the blow. So you take your, your, the edge of your hand and you come up under the chin underneath his eye line. This is really important because he doesn't really see it coming. It's just like an uppercut. That strike is hard to see because it comes up from underneath your eye line, underneath your line of sight. Well, instead of hitting him with your knuckles, and you you could easily break your hand on somebody's jaw or get a tooth embedded in your hand, which is not only disgusting, but a real risk of infection, uh, you take the heel of your palm and you drive it up under his chin, snapping his head back. Uh, There's very little chance of you hurting yourself that way. Also, the strike is great because it creates follow-up. What you're doing is you're snapping his head back. That's going to hurt him. You're disrupting his balance by snapping his head back because where the head goes, the body tends to follow. And because you've disrupted his balance, you've created a great opening for follow-up techniques. You can snap a chin jab into somebody, knock them back, and then really walk all over them with other techniques. Uh, It doesn't matter if you're small. This technique works no matter what size you are. It's actually easier if you're small because you're trying to get up under the guy's chin. So as long as you can reach him with enough room left over, over, for, you know, depending on how long your arms are, to snap that head back, you're getting him, you're putting him on the ground, sort of chopping him down to size. That's one of the reasons the chin jab is such a great technique for smaller people. But for the smallest of us, there's a variation of this technique that I happen to know is Jeff Anderson's go-to fight move. And no, that's not a crack on Jeff. Now, Jeff is a much fitter and, and, and much smaller person than I am only because I am wide. He's a normal-sized man. He's actually quite tall. But uh, uh, for anybody, though, the double chin jab, this is a variation of the chin jab that was specifically designed for women. Uh, folks like W.E. Fairbairn, sort of the father of uh, what we think of as combatives today, they developed the double chin jab as a way of uh, giving a smaller person, a much smaller person, a better chance of making the chin jab work. So instead of striking with one hand, the heel of one hand up under the chin, you're striking with both hands up under the chin. Kind of like you're trying to serve the guy's head on a platter. This is actually a very ancient technique. It's called a monk strike in some martial arts. It has a long, long history. And if you think about it, it works really well. You're basically just knocking his head up and snapping it back. And instead of using one hand, you're using both. So now the weakness of that is you've got to have both hands to use. But if you're a much smaller person fighting a much larger person, then this technique, which is Jeff's favorite technique, as he said before, and we even sent out an email about that at one point, um, it will work very well. And Jeff has said that uh, he's used this technique more than once and it has never failed him. So these are fast and easy to learn. It doesn't take a lot of time and practice to learn these techniques. You do it on a body opponent bag or on a heavy bag. Don't practice these techniques on another human being. You will hurt them. <laughs> you know, these, these are techniques that you really need to not have things on your hands. So you can pad up to a certain degree, but it's, it's very hard to practice combatives of this type on another human being. What you need is something that you can hit full force. You need a, a heavy bag or a bob, a body opponent bag. And then 
you just you do the edge of hand blow over and over again. You do the hammer fist over and over again. You work on throwing as many techniques as you can, really overwhelming the opponent with aggression. You work on your chin jab and your double chin jab, and then you work on going back and forth as one side of your body comes forward and the other comes back. You sort of shift back, forth, back, forth, left, right, left, right. Combatives are easy and fast to learn. They stop a fight quickly, and really there's no need to complicate self-defense beyond that. If you're listening to this before the Thanksgiving holiday, have a great Thanksgiving holiday. Until next time, prepare, train, and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. <laughs>